Hello, we're going in hard this week. Maybe we should change the name of the podcast to Hard Chat, but then that might annoy Tom Gleason, who is very good and a bit scary. So we're going in hard on people who breach bylaws. We're going hard on developers who create terrible, bad buildings. And we're also going to ask the question whether anybody should get too excited about the news coming out of Queensland about an Airbnb bylaw that was overturned and then reinstated on appeal. I'm Jimmy Thompson. This is the Flat Chat Wrap. Hello again. This week I was writing about what we can do about people who breach bylaws and just don't care, um, either because they don't know that they could get fined or they can slow down the process so much that when they get to the tribunal, they take their chances that the member will go, yeah, look, it's small war, not many dead, uh, off you go, don't do it again. In the meantime, their neighbours uh, or their committee who've complained about them have to jump through all sorts of hoops. So I came up with what I think is a cunning plan, and it's based on what happens when sports people, uh, especially footballers, get sent off, get red carded, get uh, whatever they do in rugby league, get named, whatever it is. The tribunal says, okay, you got sent off, the referee says you did something bad, you can cop a two-match suspension, or you can fight it, come in, bring your lawyers in, bring your your, uh, representatives in and fight the uh, citing. And if you win, well done. You you don't have to miss the matches. But if you lose, we'll put an extra one-match ban on top. And that strikes me as being a really good thing to do for bylaw breaches. Like, you, you go through the thing, you go to mediation... Yeah, first of all, and then you've got to get all the proof and you've got to get all the information. And the owner's corporation has to send out a notice to comply, uh, which is basically saying, stop doing this or we will take you to the tribunal and you don't stop doing it. So they eventually you get, take, you get taken to tribunal. And I'm saying at that point, instead of a letter saying, we're taking you to the tribunal, you should get a letter saying, you've been found in breach of such and such a bylaw. And here's a $200 fine. And you then have a choice of going, oh yeah, I did the wrong thing, I'm going to pay the fine. Or you can say, okay, I'm going to fight it because I think there's something wrong here. I'm being unfairly treated. And if you go to the tribunal and the tribunal finds that, no, the fine was absolutely right, then you get an extra 50% or even double on top of the fine just to to focus people's minds that there are rules, they should be obeyed, uh, they've been given a chance, they've been warned, and they're still mucking around. So you say, all right, well, you want to muck around, that's fine, but it's going to cost you extra. In my experience, you tell people that, you know, there's a bylaw about such and such, and they kind of look at you and roll their eyes, and they'd never read it. Nobody reads their bylaws. If they do, they don't understand them, they don't care. And, you know, it's you kind of like you're the villain for even mentioning it. So I think if there was something that said at some point, look, you've made everybody else do this elaborate dance of getting information and getting evidence and getting statements, going to mediation. And remember, only the person who's made the complaint is obliged to go to mediation. So you get a notice saying there's a complaint against you. Please attend mediation. You can go, nah, I don't want to do it. So it's always the victims uh, who are suffering most. 
So I think there's got to be a point where you get the opportunity to say, all right, yeah, I've been naughty, I broke the bylaw, I'll pay the fine. Or if you want to keep fighting it, then be prepared to be hit harder than you would have been originally. Does that seem fair? I think it's really fair. I think it's a great idea. And because it's such a good idea, it has absolutely zero chance of being picked up by our politicians. Well, from the breachers of bylaws, how about the people who build bad buildings? We just had last week the New South Wales government announce their new proposals for making builders do the right thing and follow the, the building codes and all the rest of it, which, you know, really, is that what we have to do now? I mean, we've been building these these buildings for decades and suddenly now the government is saying oh yeah we'd really like you to follow the rules um, that we set 50 years ago and the thing about this and i discussed this on the flat chat website which is flat-chat.com.eu the thing about this is it doesn't help the people who've already bought apartments that have defects now there's various studies that have shown that between 70 and 90% of apartments in New South Wales built in the last 30 years have defects. How serious those defects are obviously varies. Not all of them are falling down, obviously. Some of them are pretty serious. Some of them the owners have either neglected or deliberately covered up the, the defects in the hope that somebody else buys their apartment and uh, they take over the responsibility. So there's a lot of dodgy dealing going on, but right at the heart of it is the people who built them in the first place. And the people who built them in the first place knew exactly what they were doing. They were the ones who were cutting corners. It could have been that they were putting the squeeze on their subcontractors and their builders and, and their engineers to do stuff that was going to save them money. And as a result, those buildings are not up to scratch. I mean, there could have been occasions when they were just badly designed, we have to accept that, uh, or the materials that were created off-site uh, weren't up to scratch. But um, basically, somebody knew what they were doing, and they knew what they were doing because as soon as the last apartment has been sold, in a lot of these cases, they just shut up shop, disappeared, closed the company, opened it up in a slightly different name, with often the same telephone numbers and same business address, um, but with a different name. And when the owners came around saying, hey, we've got all these defects, you guys are legally obliged to fix them, uh, they'd say, well, that company doesn't exist anymore. Now, that, to me, is fraudulent. It's quite a deliberate attempt to defraud the owners or the buyers of their apartments. And this is the biggest purchase a lot of people will make in their lives, is buying their home. So these guys, these crooks, have set out deliberately to defraud people, and nobody does anything. The government does nothing. The state government says, oh, well, this is business law, this is company law, uh, there's nothing we can do about it. And the federal government says, oh, well, this is uh, local planning law and, and all the rest of it, there's nothing that we can do about it. So they all just sit there wringing their hands. Not, They're not getting too distressed about it, I have to say. 
And meanwhile, the people who bought the apartments are the only people who are legally obliged to maintain and repair the apartments. So I think it's time the New South Wales government got their finger out, paid some of the lawyers to find a way. Just get someone, just get one person who has built a bad building and then run off and deliberately closed their company down um, so that they don't have to face up to their responsibilities. Hunt them down, find them, get them in court, make them personally responsible for the things that they've done, put them in jail, take their homes off them, sell their homes to pay for the defects that they've left behind. And that will pretty much sharpen up everybody else's ideas about what they should be doing. The next person you go to and you say to them, oh, you did one of these phoenixing things where you built a bad building and then you closed down your company so you wouldn't have to fix the defects. How about you just give us the money to fix the defects now and we won't put you in jail? And I guarantee that within a year to 18 months, every dodgy developer would either have come up with the money or they would have left the country, which is probably to everyone's benefit anyway. So that's my plan. So, but the state government has no plan to help the people who have suffered because of their policies in the past and because of their cosy relationships that they've had with some developers in the past who give them money. They're not supposed to do it anymore. They still seem to find ways, as we're discovering. But they have these cosy relationships, and it's not just the current government. It's the previous Labour government as well. We're just as bad, if not worse, and, you know, the people at the bottom are the ones who suffer, the people like us. So I say, come on, government, if these were drug dealers, you'd be all over them. And I reckon that the people that we're talking about who make people's lives a misery, who suck up all their savings, force them into mortgages that they now will never be able to pay back, buildings and apartments that will never be worth what they were originally supposed to be, those are the people who are suffering. Those are the people the government should be looking after, and they're not doing anything. Okay, yeah, you're going to fix the buildings in the future. Maybe, maybe. But what about the ones, the thousands of buildings that are around where the developers have just washed their hands and walked away? Gladys, if you're listening, and I know you're not, get something done about this. It's an absolute disgrace. And finally, we've got some news coming out of Queensland. It's quite an interesting little story. There's a golf uh, resort type place. Um, it's literally in the middle of a golf course. Um, and it's called Fairway Island in the Gold Coast. And oh, a couple of years ago, they decided to have a bylaw that said you couldn't let your property for anything less than a month. Obviously, they were trying to stop their houses being used for golf parties who would come in for a week, you know, and play golf and re very nice golf course, I have to say, and then go away and then the next one would come in. I mean, a fairly typical Airbnb thing, probably, you know, no worse than your average Airbnb guests, but uh, that was the intention and the committee, there it's a body corporate in that part of the world, decided, well, we don't want that going on here. This is a residential community. It's got gates and everything. We're actually actively trying to keep people out. And we just don't want strangers coming in who have no ongoing relationship with the community. So the people who wanted to have short-term holiday guests uh, went to the Strata Commissioner in 
Queensland who said, oh yeah, yeah, this is this is one of these things that you're not allowed to interfere with the leasing or letting or dealing with, uh, with the property and overturned the bylaw. And they appealed and earlier this month, a magistrate in Southport ruled that there was a reason the government gave bodies corporate the right to create their own laws, which was to govern the way their communities work. And he said, look, this isn't about whether or not you should have holiday letting. It is about whether or not you can set the rules for your own community. And if you've decided that your community is going to work in a certain way and you want to protect that, then one person should not be able to come in and just throw that out the window because of some perceived right that they have to do as they wish with their property. And that's the fundamental, that's the thing, the really important thing about this, is it's establishing or re-establishing our rights as owners to set the rules for the communities in which we live. It doesn't make that much difference to the rest of Australia in terms of a short-term letting laws, but it certainly sends a signal for people in the future to say, we want to be able to set the rules for our community, one of which is one that we've been recently dealing with, which is the pets ban. And as I said last week, the uh, there should be the facility for buildings to say, we don't want pets in this building for whatever reason. And this was something that the magistrate up in Queensland actually said. He said communities of people, well, this is quite funny, actually. He said, Communities of people with allergies should be able to say we don't want pets in here. Now, I can't think of anything worse than a community of people with allergies, you know, all going around coughing and sneezing all the time, their eyes watering every time they see a peanut. But I am being harsh, of course. But, uh, you know, the principle is right. Communities should be able to set their own rules. The problem has been in the past that the people running the communities, the committee members, have set the rules and the owners have pretty much had to go along with them or face having a revolution to get rid of the committee. These things are changing now and people are being much more reasonable and much more flexible. But being flexible doesn't mean that somebody has to put up with your rules just because you're not prepared to put up with theirs. So it's interesting, you know, it's a 75% rule in Queensland, same as here in New South Wales, where you need to get 75% of people voting in favour of a change of bylaw. So it's not something that can be done on a whim, but it is something that can be done. And talking about last week, we were talking about pets. Somebody from the building we were talking about got very annoyed and thinks that I have misrepresented the facts. Um, with my figures on the voting. So he wrote to me, I think I can safely say it's a he, he wrote to me and said that when I said it was one-third in favour, one-third against, and one-third didn't care about pets, he said it's actually 40% of those were against, and about 30% were in favour of pets, and the other 30 are mostly investors who never vote on anything anyway. But it was quite funny because he he also said in his email, hey, you know, these investors, they can actually manage the whole pet thing themselves by not allowing the tenants to have pets. And you think, well, yeah, that's absolutely right. So if they were going to vote either way, 
they would vote in favor of pets because when it came to it, they could just say, well, everybody else can have pets, but we're not having pets in our apartments. Anyway, I somehow gave the impression that I thought that uh, things had been done unfairly. The, the person who wrote to me said I had been played by the pro-pet lobby. I don't think so. Um, I just happened to be in favor of pets in buildings where they're welcome. I am not in favor of people saying, oh, we've never had them before, so we're never going to have them in the future. I do believe in people who get involved having a say. And in this case, apparently they had their largest ever turnout uh, on the, the pet issue. But at the same time, they sent out a survey saying to people, how would you feel about somebody next door to you having a snake in their apartment? And they they said, how would you like it if your building had the same problems as the building next to ours? Well, I happen to live in the building next to theirs, and we didn't have any of the problems they said. So this kind of push-polling, where you ask somebody a question that makes them alarmed because you've put in their mind the idea that something terrible is going to happen, if you're having to play those kind of games, then your argument is not as strong as you would like people to think it is. So I will still be out there, and if you want to say I've been played, I tell you what, I'm not that easily played. Well, that's the Flat Chat Podcast for another week. If you enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe. It's completely free, and it will come straight to your phone or your pad or your computer without you even having to think about it. If there's something that we haven't done in the podcast that you'd like to hear, let us know. Come to the website, flat-chat.com.au, and that's also where you can come for specific advice to ask questions or answer other people's questions. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again soon.